0: And I feel like giving is such an important part of life. It's like we are here to, to give and uplift one another and the planet. So that is like a space where I feel like I could actually be doing that. Like I've spent my life learning and gathering all of these tools. And now I'm here to share these tools with all of you. And the people that it resonate with will be the people who most need it for where their life is going to go. And I'm, I'm really excited to be, to enter that phase of my life.
1: Welcome to Soul Rediscovery, where we explore a deeper meaning to life and our human existence through a soul-guided way of living in love, joy, freedom, and abundance. By choosing to live life above the fray of the chaos of society and tuning in to our badass and authentic multidimensional selves, we embrace a less stressful and more heart-centered, impactful way of truly changing the world and leaving it a better place for generations to come. I'm your host, Catherine Whaler, and I'm so honored you have joined us. So, without further ado, let's dive in. Oh, well, hello, and welcome to a new week of soul rediscovery, my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful community. Oh, my goodness. I tried making this intro and outro so many times. I cannot tell you how long it has taken me to do this and it really wasn't until tonight that it hit me why that was and I think like just reflecting on the year, reflecting on this podcast, reflecting on all of you in this community and all of my clients and all of my guests and everything, um, truthfully, it was a little overwhelming. Um, This has been such a big, 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 big year for me, and I knew I wanted to end this year or start this year with Truly's episode, even though we recorded it back in like June or July. Something inside of me knew it would be around December or January because it is so age of Aquarius, and I'm going to get into that here in a second, but I kind of just wanted to stream of conscious, (laughs) talk it out, journal it out, uh, spoken journal as I call it um, with you because personally, I just have so much gratitude for everyone in this community, so much love, for everyone in this community, so much love for my editor, Carmelo, who works tirelessly to put these episodes together, for my assistant, Olivia, for helping me get my life together and get these out, Um, for everyone in my sphere and everyone in my circle, for my family and friends. I feel like I'm giving an Oscar speech. But truly, I mean, I feel, I truthfully really feel like I'm at that point in my life where I can look back and I can just have so much gratitude and I'm so excited for life moving forward. Um, You know, I've had really hard years. Um, I've had really, really, really difficult years. Um, Some of you, especially those who are clients, know my story, but it was just, gosh, it was 2016. So literally, you know, four years ago, Um, that I was considering taking my own life and that I almost did and that I was just really in a dark place and just really running away from who I was and what I knew because it scared me so much to feel everything that I feel and to see energy and everything and just I felt so alone in the world and the journey from there to now with everything in between you know, with moving to Austin, with meeting my twin flame and having that mirror in my life, um, to being connected with such a tight knit group of friends who are really soul family um, on a level that I had never experienced before. To moving back to California and starting my business and ending my first business and. Everything in between, and then this year culminating in what was, I'm gonna be totally honest, like a meteoric rise of my business. Um, Like, I legit started this year with, I'm not even kidding, maybe like 200 followers on Instagram, and I'm ending it with over a thousand, which to someone else may not feel like that big a deal, but for me and how aligned I want everything to be, that's a really big deal. And it's not even about like the followers or the money or anything like that. Although, you know, those things, like I said, it was, it was exponential for me this year. Um, I had kind of started to establish myself last year, but this year was really me establishing myself as an expert and connecting with deep, deep, deep soul family clients and, um, my soul rediscovery members. Oh my gosh. My membership that lasts six or 12 months, like those members to me, I connected with my members last year too, but this year we have such a large membership and I'm able to hold space for all these amazing souls because I'm not also working. I'm just doing my business full time now. And so it's just really this incredible feeling of like everything really coming together and i know that 2020 has been such a hard year for so many people and trust me like i had hard moments too i had moments of breaking down i had moments of isolation i had moments of feeling like fuck i really just want to like hug my friends and I, you know i'm pretty extroverted like i would i will say i'm pr- probably more classified as an ambivert but i like being around people i'm a libra moon like i like I like company, you know, and that was really hard this year because there were moments where that just didn't happen, Um, and I couldn't have that, and I solely had to rely on myself and all my tools that I learned over the last year, which just, again, brought me back to being so grateful for my journey up until this point that I could even be in a place to not only take care of myself, but take care of so many other people. And um, yeah, I'm just a little overwhelmed in the moment, just reflecting on all of this. It's the end of December, right before Christmas, as I'm recording this. This will probably be released in uh, January. And I just really, really, really feel so deeply, just so much gratitude, so much grace, Um you know, if you did have a hard year, like my whole entire heart goes out to you. Um, I have been there. I have hit rock bottom. I have had such hard years in the past. And I just want you to know, like, it really does go up from there. As long as you continue to work on yourself. And as long as you continue to be there for yourself, which, you know, it's not even like making yourself better. It's the rediscovery, right? It's the embodiment of who you really are. And um, I love this episode with Truly because, first of all, I just love Truly. She, to me, is one of the most dear people in my life. Like I feel, I'm not going to (laughs) cry. I feel about truly the way I feel about my little sister. Like she, I'm sure we've had, I've never looked into it in the records, but I'm sure we've had relationships together um, where she was like literally my family because the second I met this girl, I felt such big sister energy towards her of like wanting to protect her and also just knowing that she's so fierce on her own, just like my own little sister, honestly, um, that she didn't even need my protection, (laughs) Um, but just feeling like this warmth and this love uh, for her and just wanting the best for her and just seeing her as who she really is. Um, Because I think when we met both of us, were kind of putting up like a front of some sort. But um, I just think she's a really, really, really incredible soul, Um, just incredible human, really good friend. And it really is such an honor that I got to interview her at this time in her life when she's kind of figuring things out. And I find that really exciting because I think that's the place that a lot of people find themselves in like I said I'm recording this after the great conjunction has happened and now we have all of this aquarius energy and this whole new brand new cycle of 200 years um that you know we were born into earth and now we're in air and it's a whole new energy and um this episode to me and truly's energy truthfully really exemplifies what we are calling in in 2021. And I think personally what the main themes of this new Aquarius energy coming in are really going to be um, talking about social justice and social activism more and Black Lives Matter and um, other movements like that, right? Um, Getting more involved as activists, uh, getting more involved in our communities, right? Um, people switching careers to something that feels more soul-centered to them than something that they were doing earlier on in life, Um Gosh, all kinds of things. Like even the even the parts where we're just cracking up about astrology, or she's at the end. You'll hear her uh, in the next episode because this is a two parter. You'll hear her talk about my moon and rising and sun signs, and it's sort of like an inside out type thing where they're controlling my brain, and (laughs) each one is communicating with each other, and and even just like those kind of conversations, right? Having these conscious conversations, um. Having these conversations around important things like race relations and how we treat one another and what we owe to one another um, is such an Aquarius energy that something inside of me just deep down knew, I'm not going to release this until we have Aquarius energy because this episode just completely exemplifies that and I think is more um, pertinent than ever before. Um, So let me introduce Truly, who is our guest today. Like I said, I love Truly and she's so hilarious. So she's such a Gemini. She sent me two photos, one that's very serious and one that's uh, very light. (laughs) It's really her two sides. So one will be the... uh, Photo that I use for part one, and one will be the photo that I use for part two in my social media. But uh, she even said, This represents my twin personalities really well. Um, so that kind of gives you a look into like who she is and the duality of truly polite, uh, which is her real name, by the way truly amazing Serafina Polite. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous name. Uh, is an actor-turned-activist who moonlights as an astrologer to the stars of her front group. Currently, Truly is working on building her own grassroots organization that aims to abolish law enforcement and reimagine the framework of America's judicial system. In the years to come, she intends to become college professor of West African religions and a practitioner of Ifa. So lots of really exciting things for Julie on the horizon, a very multi-talented woman, multifaceted woman, um, and just really, you know, dare I say it, a star on the rise. (laughs) I'm so proud of her. And I also see so much of my younger self and her too. So I'm rooting for her for many, many, many reasons, Um, but I'll basically just leave that introduction there and you'll just get to know her through the episode and I'm sure you'll fall in love with her um, just like I have and am. And uh, yeah, I really hope you enjoy this episode with Truly. I just want to say again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for making 2020 so special for me personally, even through the hard times of being able to bring this content to you, every single one of you that reaches out to me and says that listening to an episode, starting your morning with this podcast, um, you know, doing this podcast on your drive That really means the world to me because like I said, I always aim to be this authentic light and this authentic voice, bringing other authentic voices um, into times when we need them the most. And I'm very excited for what 2021 has to hold. I'll be completely honest. It's going to be very different than 2020. And yes, we will have different challenges, um, but I think everything is for our highest growth and for our highest good. So I just want to remind you that you always have yourself. At the end of the day, you always have yourself and you always have your own love and you always have the love of the universe, divine, God, source, however you define it. And when you have those two tenets in your life and you feel that, not just think that, but really feel that and breathe into that, um, I really do think that that's the foundation for living a really beautiful, meaningful life filled with purpose and love and joy and grace and I wish that for every single one of you. So without further ado, here is Truly Serafina Polite. Well, hey, Miss Truly, it's so good to have you on. I'm so excited to get into all of this with you. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here.
0: Ah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited and nervous, but like more excited no
1: you're doing great and I was lucky enough to be able to connect my airpods prior to getting on so we're nice and comfortable we're nice and relaxed I literally had um like a huge bowl of chocolate gummy bears before this too so oh my goodness yeah so it's like you know we're vibing so (laughs) um so miss truly Serafina polite um take us back how did everything start for you because I know we're going to be talking about sort of where you are in your journey now and how I love that you use this term, a priestess in practice, because I think a lot of people can identify with being at that part in their uh, soul rediscovery path where they're still trying to sort of figure out identity and figure out where they fit and how they help and all their soul gifts and purpose. So I'd love to hear how that all started for you and where you find yourself now.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I feel like I should start by saying, because you mentioned it, like just, you know, feeling like in practice, feeling like fluid, like a lot of different things are going on. Like I'm discovering myself and things like that. I feel like it's great to start off by saying I am a Gemini. So pretty much every (laughs) day I wake up is like, who am I today moment? Yes. (laughs) Uh, So that is like step one. I was born a Gemini. Uh, And I have many Gemini placements, so I think I was always going to feel a bit like a chameleon. And Sagittarius, too, right? And I'm a Yeah. And to, like, bring it all home... The universe was like, let's make her a Virgo moon. It's like that was helpful. <laughs> like In, that's a anyway. that's such a fun combination. Oh my god. And I love you're gonna have to do
1: this for us because it's like one oh of my, my gosh, favorite my... pastimes. <laughs> your your voices.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. So oh. good.
1: So I, good. It'll,
0: it'll come. It'll come. But yeah, like it'll I just, come. I just feel like I was born. Like, I imagine my Virgo moon sometimes is this, like, very collected, very, like, calm walks around with like those 2007 like bluetooth headsets with the mic <laughs> and then my sun sign and my rising are like two rabid dogs that she has to walk because she's like someone's assistant and these are their like really horrible bad dogs and that's just yeah. what every day of my life feels like like some part of me is trying to reel me in while I'm adamantly trying to like run amok
1: I love it so much though <laughs> <laughs> So
0: and that and honestly
1: that really does describe you very very well (laughs) like very well like when you get to know you because when you first meet you you're like oh this chick is cool like she's alternative like she's out there and then as you get to know you (laughs) you're kind of like oh like she's got some like really strong like organizational skills and (laughs) she's (laughs) <laughs> like she really likes things a specific way.
0: Oh my um, goodness! But
1: I just I think that's your charm.
0: Yeah, you know I I would agree. But I think that that is the best way to describe pretty much anything I say from this point forward. Let's just all come yes. back to that. that like, Let's
1: just yeah profile that right right, yeah. right here right now that yeah, astro profile. Put a
0: post it on that one.
1: So, do you like, do you know your human design? You have told me before. Okay, I thought I had. Are you a man, Jen? I feel like you're a man, Jen.
0: I don't know. I'm, like, human design terms are so lost on me, but I feel like you once called me, like, a projector.
1: Are, are you a projector? Hold on. I'm going to see know. if I have I it. that's definitely a term. That you is that a term. Okay, I'm going I'm, to... As you talk, I'm going to be looking for these messages.
0: Okay, no worries. So, hello, audience. Back to me. I'm just kidding.
1: Back to Truly.
0: <laughs> um, well, yeah, so... I was born that way.
1: You're a generator.
0: (laughs) Oh, there it is. I was like, I know it's some kind of machinery. (laughs) Yeah, you're a generator.
1: Okay, sorry. Back to Truly.
0: Yeah, so I was born conflicted. I was born conflicted, and I've always been conflicted. But, um, yeah, so I started off my life really wanting to pursue acting, really seeing myself as an actor, like watching TV and really just feeling like I could – live that life, and I want to live that life, and I just, like, catered all my moves to that identity, and then, of course, I went to UCSB, which is how I know you, Catherine, yeah. or Kathleen, or Katrine. Katrine. Any of those three <laughs> After names. that one night with the Irish. One night, an Irish man asking for the wi <laughs> called you Katrine, and it's just... It's been tr- truly's favorite thing ever since... <laughs> Yeah, because I just sounded, he just kept saying it. Katrine, Katrine. Katrine. "Katrine." It's like, that's not her name, but I love it. It could be. It could be. Yeah. It's not, though. But yeah, so I went to CSB. I was majoring in theater, and I was making all of these theater moves while at the same time taking all of these prerequisite classes that just kept sort of, like, highlighting, like. Uh, African spirituality and I was always so intrigued and enthralled by it. And I've always been, not that I think that this word necessarily describes African traditions and religions, but I've always been very like uh, pagan leaning, like pagan Mm. in, in, what's the word? Just like, not like lean, intrigue. Intrigue, Yeah, intrigued by it you know, pulled in. I've always been very captivated by this idea that there are different sorts of entities that embody different themes and and motives and, like, moves of life. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've always... I was, like, always obsessed with, like, Greek gods and goddesses, which are, like, obviously, you know, white. And then to, like, enter college and discover, like, a similar mode of discussion, but, like, with black and brown bodies was just so exciting for me. Yeah. So... Yeah, I like that was my path and I was gonna be an actor and we did the BFA and, and and I was really like very, very, very dead set on that. Everyone who's ever met me who I tell like, oh I'm an actor, they've always been like, Hmm, yes, I see that for you. Like it's never really been like a question right. of anything else. But then of course, like I graduated and I moved to Los Angeles. And I was fortunate enough to like have representation and have a place to live and have like a job, like to really have the the pieces to do all of the things. And I did the things. Catch me on NCIS episode like seven of season.
1: <laughs> yes, seven. yeah. is yeah, a fantastic uh, actor too. For you, those Catherine. who are who are listening,
0: Catherine is always very very complimentary of my performances how no matter how big or how small I could say one line and Catherine will come up to me and be like truly the way that you embodied that one moment like it was yours for the taking like, yes. I know I was known
1: it was so it's so funny too because everybody on this podcast to say yeah hello
0: where's the bacon
1: Where's the bacon? Yeah, I mean, everyone who listens to this podcast must think that I'm, like, a fan of everyone, but I'm really only a fan of the people who are coming on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> like, I'm actually super picky when it comes to liking performances, but everyone who is, like, you, Charles, Verenice, like, have all, you know, obviously are, are really incredible actors. So, yeah. So you are a wonderful performer and a wonderful director, too.
0: Oh my gosh, that's that Virgo moon. Just like, yes. oh freak. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I was doing the acting thing. I moved to LA and I just kept encountering a lot of like African spiritualism, still reading like lots of texts and like discovering. And then, like, most life changing moment I think ever. And I look forward to many more life changing moments like this. Mm hmm. I took a trip to Cuba with my best friend, and, sh- and she's Cuban, and it was just like the most invigorating, depressing, and tumultuous like, seven days of my life. But I got um, my best friend, uh, Madrina, her godmother, uh, mm-hmm. did a reading for me. And A
1: tarot reading or what kind of reading?
0: Uh, a divination, but oh, a divination tarot cards. As okay, well, as like shells, divination shells.
1: Okay, cool. And do you mind just kind of describing that for people who are listening who may not be familiar with that?
0: Ooh, okay. Like, so this is where we get back to like priestess and practice. So obviously, I am always learning. Everyone is learning, so I'm going to do my best. Mm-hmm. And I apologize if you're familiar and I butcher it by all means. Hit me up on Instagram and just like <laughs> school me. Uh, but basically, um, I would imagine your listeners—you've had your like tarot cards read before, you know, someone's yeah, you—they're pretty familiar with tarot. Yeah, you know, they connect with their channel and and you get your cards read. So basically, um, there are many different kinds of form and forms of divination, and depending on which. Uh, Uh, space you're in because there are also many 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 different uh sectors i guess is a good word for it or Mm -hmm. churches today that are like derivative of like ancient african religions yeah indigenous practices that now have many different names there's like lugumi there's ifa um there's santeria and they're all kind of derived from like yoruba traditions. so what i was having done was essentially having my my cards read But they were also uh, throwing shells, which is legit, just like what I said, how I said it, like shaking up the shells, throwing them on the table and then reading the patterns to sort of like, let me know uh, more specific information that my ancestors want to tell me, but also Mm -hmm. to ask, like, it's also a way to receive um, permission. So post this card reading, uh, the woman who was doing it, who was performing it for me uh, through the the divination shells to ask uh, my grandmother permission for me to receive a few, like, guides and protectors without getting, like, too specific into, like, my stuff to take with me post my trip and and to receive from El So it can get very contrived, so I feel like that's the simplest way I could say it. It's it's another form of divination that is just uh, based in... In an, in an African practice that today uh, more like a, a Western or like, for lack of a better word, I don't want to say like white, but more like... Yeah, I mean, but yeah. When you remove African from it, it's just like when someone mm-hmm. is sort of like, is, is reading your cards or um doing like Reiki. It's just another form of connecting use, but specifically through the tether of like your your ancestors and the Orishas and like mother. Mm -hmm. That made no sense. I apologize. No, that that makes
1: perfect sense. And we, yeah. And we have a tarot episode too. I'm not sure if it's going to be released before or after this, um, where my friend Dallin goes deep into tarot and the origins of tarot and, and everything too. But I think it is important to note that there's so many different ways to work with it. And I know definitely different divinations as well. Um, or divination styles rather, but yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's what the, that's what she did for me. She, she read my cards and she threw my shells and, and I had some other things performed, but in this reading, I was basically told like, Uh, a lot of things but to connect it to what I'm doing today it was essentially like yeah acting is cute and all but like Hmm. you like you are supposed to be in school Hmm. essentially and it wasn't the first time that I'd gotten some form of a reading done and I was aggressively told that I should be in school like this was the second time some like I was receiving um receiving word and being told I need to be in school. Before that, I was at a, this is a whole other story, but I was at a baby shower and at this baby shower, for some reason they had hired a medium to be there. And she mostly specializes <laughs> in talking to like your, um, deceased pets. Yeah. But sometimes she can connect with like people and relatives. Uh, and she connected with a relative of mine and told me to go to school. And I was like, ha ha ha. I'm done with school. I said those words exactly to her face. I said, I'm done with school. I have a bachelor's degree. We're not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I go to Cuba and I get told – I get pretty much ripped a new butthole. I get told a lot of things, mm-hmm. a lot of things that, like, to a T, I'm 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 doing wrong. I'm not doing right. I'm out of alignment. I'm depressed. Like, just, you know, I, as you do when you receive a reading and they're basically like, yeah, hi – everything that you already kind of knew you were doing wrong just for yourself is is true do better so interesting yeah so I am and I got that. like not to make it seem like this like horrible thing there were also like a lot of good things that I was told but uh being the person that I am I tend to hold on to the more like Constructive, attacking yeah, portions yeah, of information I received, yeah. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so that happened, and I came back to LA and I continued acting, and, and we did the whole acting thing. But I just kept interacting with these spaces, these spaces of the like Orisha, these spaces of Tara, these spaces of divination that just were that make me feel so, um, fulfilled, so like in alignment, so empowered when I'm like in these spaces, when I'm doing these practice, when I'm sharing these spaces with people who are more, who are further ahead in their practice, who have more information. And so uh, I recently quit acting because it just wasn't serving me. Like it's very much, especially professional and, and in Hollywood, like it is very much an environment of a give and take and a lot of take. Yeah. And sometimes the reward really just does not match up with what you're sacrificing. Right. And uh, there are uh, there are people out there who are comfortable with that sacrifice, who enjoy that sacrifice. And for myself, I have such a, uh, uh it's probably my sad rising, like I have such a, a traveler's spirit. Like I, I am an adventurous person and there are so many things I want to do with my life. Like I want to work on a farm. I want to learn how to garden. Like, I want to work with children. I want to travel the world. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a counselor. I want to be a mentor. I want to be married. I want to be single. Like, there's so many things that I want to do, and I want to be able to do them all. And the thing about acting professionally is you really have to ground yourself physically and being in spaces where the acting is happening and and grounding myself physically to a space being tied physically to a space depletes me it really does not serve me very well so i had to you know make the the hard and really sad choice and i go back on it all the time to just stop pursuing acting uh professionally in hollywood mm-hmm. for film tv and media
1: yeah no and i know what you mean too cuz i i made the same decision and it was it was difficult because you feel like you're going to do something your whole life, and then you just find out that that lifestyle just doesn't really match with what you see your life being, you know. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's sad. I mean, it, it is sad that artists have to suffer so much, and that we don't yet have a culture in which artists can thrive,
0: <laughs> yeah, can thrive, be mm-hmm. revered. Like there are so yeah. many. And, and I know them and. There are so many artists who are so talented. I'm just not just talking like acting, like who are so talented in fields, but we just don't have a culture of of revering art for art's sake. Like you need to quote unquote, you know, make it, which is so confusing to me because it's like you can be a doctor and and be paid a a doctor's wages and not
1: be Be like a famous doctor. doctor. Yeah, yeah, I know, doctor. It is such a weird thing, and I really just think it's because. You know, and it was always hard for me to to reckon with too, because like celebrity to me is so separate from artist. And the fact that our culture equates the two is just so weird. <laughs>
0: it's super weird. You know like, we all know that there are lots of celebrities who are not talented in right fields.
1: Right. And there's a lot of artists who don't get a ton of recognition. I mean, my my favorite artists that are, you know, prominent in the industry are people who didn't get recognition or who still don't get recognition. Mm -hmm. Like all my favorite shows keep getting canceled. Goodness. (laughs) You know?
0: Like and then I
1: don't care about all the other ones that are like, you know, quote unquote doing well. It's just like, ugh, boring, you know.
0: It's like the same thing all the time. Yeah, it's regurgitated so much. It's so convoluted that I just couldn't make it make sense. And something that I discovered about myself, which you think, you know, you knowing me, Catherine, and, and me being me, I would have pieced together a lot sooner. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, I really like attention. I, I really enjoy it. And um, You're a Gemini. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And... <laughs> <laughs> and and a lot of my drive to be like don't get me wrong I love acting I'm very much like I love the word I
1: love storytelling mm-hmm. I love reading, no yeah you know, same same here sure.
0: however I also really like being you know revered and receiving like mm-hmm. an act- uh, uh, Accurate credit and, and and applause and and what really appealed to me about pursuing it professionally was like the glitz and the glam mm. and the dresses and the carpets and the interviews and the ha 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 and I was on a boat <laughs> with so and so and and blah 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 and yeah. to get to that point you must sacrifice so much and I'm just like it ain't worth it well it's not even sa- it's not and it's not even always a sacrifice I interpret it as a sacrifice because I am not sa- like like I you can flip on your TV and see me in some stuff. You can, like, open your mm-hmm. computer and see me in some stuff. And for some people, like, that is doing it. That is acting. That is it. I- I'm, I'm doing the thing. I'm being paid professionally as an actor. That is not it for me. Like that is for me. I'm like, yes, that is cool. But I am trying to be in the room where it happens. Like, <laughs> and, yeah, and to get there, you. No, I was the exact like, same way. Yeah, and you exact have to same way at the beginning. Like, yep. you can book a job. I, I could. I could have booked a recurring role. I could have had a three part stint on NCIS. And do you know what would have happened after I filmed that third episode? And the third episode aired in between all of that time, I would still be back at square one. Right. You were always sent back to square one until you're like a, a, a household name. And mm-hmm. even then, there are some rooms where you're still held at step one. Like your resume yeah. does not, not carry, it doesn't carry you up the mountain. And I am like, I'm not going to keep getting turned back around to the bottom of this hill every time I climb it. And if, if what gets me to the place I think I want to be Is this like perseverance? I would rather persevere at something else, something that, that will actually, you know, value me specifically.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I know exactly how you feel. It's so similar to the way I felt too. For me, it was mostly about I wanted to be in the room where it happens because I wanted a platform. Like I felt like I had so much to share and so much to give. And then I realized, oh, like, I already kind of have a platform. Literally, and, I
0: was just gonna say that. I was like, you've, you've built your platform. Girl. Yeah,
1: yeah, and yeah, and it's, and it's growing exponentially each day, so it's very exciting to see that because, like, that was the part for me. I mean, I love the artistry. Like, for me, it was always the homework of acting. Like, I hate, <laughs> I hate the homework because, me too. like, one, I just, that's not how I act, and then, like, the Uta Hagen and everything, oh like,
0: gosh, I, I'm i sorry, Uta.
1: I- I, like much respect, love much respect to Uta Hagen, but that's does not, not, serve me. does not serve me either. I mean, I just, I was always creating worlds for myself anyway, that it felt so weird to me to be writing it down on paper when it was, like, I would yes. literally be in the scene and like a lamp would appear or a phone book or something. And, and the scene would like crystallize around me. And it felt so strange to me to, to be, to have to plan that out ahead of time like yeah, I hated it's it
0: so weird I, I hated like the, it what color is your hair how does it feel oh I hated it so much just like it's like I'm already a very cerebral person to then make me start right. from this very like didactic, like logic space is like I'm never gonna get out of my head pursuing it this way I'm really not
1: yeah yeah. It was just, it just wasn't useful for for me personally. And even, I mean, I have no problem learning lines, but even like the whole rehearsal process, I think that's why I gravitate towards film too, is because, you know, it's just a faster process. And mm-hmm. so, because for me, it was just like, can I just get in front of the audience and can I just channel the character? Like, that's the yeah. whole reason I love to do this is because I'm channeling characters. So once I realized, oh, I just really enjoy channeling character. Like, I really love doing staged readings as one of, like... Really? I do, because for me, like, I can lift the words off a page in a second versus spending so much time, like, I mean, I love the magic of having it memorized and just being that character, too. They all have their merits, but yeah, like recently I've been doing a lot of staged readings because one, it fits with my schedule. And two, it's like, I still get to use my actor muscle, you know,
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but anyways, back to you. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's so interesting. Like I can't, I, it's not that I can't stand stage reads, but I don't, I do not care for it. I'm like, I, you, for me, it, like again, I it's the glitz and the glam. Like I live for the day that they're like, put your costume on. Truly, I'm like, hell yeah! <laughs> Finally, I can act. Like, <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah. My
1: favorite thing would be doing a show. Um, or scene or something where you're like so dirty or you're so like you know just gross or whatever and and just so in that character and then afterwards having like a party or a dinner or
0: you know covered in all of this like stage makeup well,
1: well, for me, it was like cleaning all of that off and then like cleaning myself up. And that was, I guess, the the glitz and glam part. But I, I imagined like, oh, this is what it feels like to shoot an Oscar winning film and then go to the Oscars, you
0: know? Go to the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, dreams. <laughs> but yeah, so that just brings me here today where I'm just kind of like, I- I'm learning. I'm learning and I'm and I'm open and I am actually like on my way whenever school, like whenever people decide they like really want to commit to wearing their masks and the government (laughs) wants to just recognize that capitalism is unsustainable and and where our country is going to implode if we don't just accept a few, you know, communist leaning structures. Yeah. But you know, if you want to continue to uphold billionaires and trillionaires while mm-hmm. your working class just drops dead yeah. and whatever. You'll, you will learn when the whole working class is dead that you will lose all of your money because we are the ones who make it for you. Like yeah. So th- their time will come and is coming and is here. So whenever, you know, we decide that we give a shit about our fellow Americans and um, schools can open in such a way that makes it make sense for me to pay, you know, 30 to a hundred thousand dollars a year to be back in school. I will be in Texas and I will be getting my (laughs) master's or probably will turn into a PhD um, in African religions. So I am on my way to my actual dream That really just makes sense on all avenues, which is being a college professor. And that just like totally across the board ticks all my boxes because I'll get paid to travel to do my research for my books and stuff and classes that I teach. Mm -hmm. I'll still be a counselor. I'll still be a mentor and a guide. Um, I can still be a healer. I can still perform because honestly, every lecture is, is me on stage, right? And and I can still you know give. And I feel like giving is is such an important part of of life. Is like we are here to to give and uplift one another and the planet. So that is like a space where I feel like I could actually be doing that. Like I've spent my life learning and gathering all of these tools, and now I'm here to share these tools with all of you and the people that it resonate with will be the people who most need it for where their life is going to go. And I'm, I'm really excited to be, to enter that phase of my life.
1: Yeah. I'm excited for you too. I think you're absolutely right that it blends all of those things because your activism too, which we haven't mentioned, Mm -hmm. you know, that it blends all of that really perfectly together. And then you know, gives you that platform to speak about all those things, or write books about those things, and you know, maybe even travel, giving lectures or something. I see yeah, in your future and too. I also get to
0: do my like interviews that people like find on YouTube because they're interested in that specific topic, and yeah. they'll see me doing what I've practiced my whole life, but just talking to an interviewer and like, ha ha yeah. ha, laughing and oh, blah blah. Drink my fake cup water, like. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love it.
1: And you know what I like about this too, truly is that, and it's something I've always really admired about you. And it's something that I see in Geminis all the time. And it's something that Geminis teach me is that it's not a bad thing to say, I want people to watch me. You know, like it's not a bad thing to say I deserve and am worth and want recognition and want to be the best. And I feel like that's such a Gemini thing that I think probably every single Gemini I've ever met has straight up said or told me. And at first, and it's interesting, too, because so Gemini is my 12th house. Right, so it's mm-hmm. it's my house of shadows. So Gemini's can sometimes, depending on the Gemini and their other placements, can sometimes be a little triggering for me in that way, because it has me thinking about things that I'm like, oh no, that's like a shadow for me to talk about wanting to be seen, right, mm-hmm. or wanting to be to be big, or wanting people to to watch my work. But I think if you're someone who was born knowing that you have a message to give like born with that as part of your soul path, it makes perfect sense that you would would want those things. And and I do want those things, but it's taken me a long time to own and be proud of the fact that I do. You know what I mean? So yeah. I I love that, that you just openly and outwardly say that without any shame or any guilt or anything like that.
0: Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I also recently learned, um, and this just like lends itself, which is why it's like, oh, this must be why when people meet me, they're like, oh, I see actor for you, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was born, I don't know if you have like at all looked into like days of the week, but I was born mm-hmm. on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. So Me too. Like, yeah, I I was born to be in the spotlight.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I like everything about me. Even though like I can be really quiet and reserved, like everything about me is just like, I, I, yeah, I want to be seen, but I don't want to be seen because it feeds my ego. I want to be seen because I really feel like I have something to say.
1: Right. Exactly. It's, it's an actual desire that your soul has that is really authentic.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Truly. I'm so, so, so excited for you. So what kind of, um, because you're on this, this conscious spiritual path, right? So mm-hmm. what sort of is drawing your attention at this moment, either on that path or just in general? I know you're super involved with your activism, um, you know, for a very good reason and a very um, pertinent reason, but maybe you can just talk to us about what it is that you currently are, are using as you are this, this priestess in training.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Well, okay. So what I have been using mostly, and I really would want to encourage everyone else to use, and I'll give some background on it in a second, but I think the most, one of the most powerful tools that we have that we're born with, that no matter how divine or not divine you feel about yourself and, and your gifts it is just so, so crucial, so powerful. And so healing is reflection. Mm. And I have, have been really, really, really uplifting that. And I have been saying it since the beginning of this year since the beginning of quarantine, like I have felt it in my bones, in my spirit, in my dreams, in my life, that this is a time and the time to reflect. Because it is going to unlock every single door you need open for when you step into your next form mm. in, in, in December of this year as we enter 2021. So for me, before, you know, um, all the protests began, so I I am an activist, I am uh, pro-Black Lives Matter, and I'm on my way to joining uh, the actual organization, uh, so I can actually say that I'm a member, Um, and I am uh, pro-police abolition, I am... Uh, pro... I, I'm pro-communism leaning. I am actively anti-capitalism and anti-capitalist, mm-hmm. anti-imperialism, anti-imperialist um, for reasons that I'll get into later. With that being said, I 100% knew that these protests were coming. That, mm-hmm. that the events that led up to the protests so I'm talking like um, the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Tony McDade. Uh, those are not new events. Right. Those are events that have, have been happening for years. I mean, Black Lives Matter, the organization has been around for seven years. It started with Trayvon Martin. I was in high school when that happened. I was entering college and, and and almost every day that I log into my Facebook, I have a Facebook memory of a status that I have posted about another person being uh victimized or murdered by the police so it, it's it's been an issue it's been an event it's just now becoming a a topic of conversation but yeah so I 100% knew that this was coming yeah. because the moment quarantine hit I felt it in my bones before I shared it with anyone before I partnered with other people who are really in tune um, with their higher selves. Like I just knew I was like, this is going to go on. We're going to be in our homes for sure till September. Mm-hmm. This time of being alone with yourself in your home, for 24 hours a day, multiple days a week, is a forced time of reflection, where everyone who doesn't have the time to let the things that affect them on a day-to-day experience lean in and settle and marinate, this is their time to recognize those things, whether you want to or not. It's going to happen. It's going to bubble up to the surface. And I woke up talking about it. I was like, capitalism is mm. dead. I yeah. feel it in my bones. I was like, I feel it in my bones because I have always looked at capitalism as an, as an unsustainable form of existence because it is, because it relies on exploitation, right? exploitation of people, exploitation of resources, exploitation of the planet and, and to exhaust them. To push them to extinction and start again. Because the design of capitalism is not to feed everyone, it's not to uplift, support, or protect everyone. It's it's literally uh it's it's financial, it's gain, it's power. That is the yep. the root, the engine, the driving force of capitalism. And that is an unsustainable mode of life because you're not looking to sustain. So an example I like to give a lot is um you're in the tea tree oil business. Where do you get tea tree oil? Oh you can make it from uh the saps of trees and you have to cut down every plant or tree that produces that oil to make it. And your goal isn't to use all of it. It's not to make use of the leaves and the stems and the branches and the trunk and the roots. No, it's just this piece that you want that you put a price on and you sell it. And to get more, you need to get more.
1: Mm-hmm. But you're
0: not also planting it. You're not also cultivating it. You're not also watering it. You're just using it. And that's how we do everything. We And and we, we do it, and it's all around the cost of it. So you want to cut costs and you want to make money, which is why we pollute the oceans and we pollute the rivers. And like... right. I can go on and on and on about this, but what I'm getting at is it, it's is you can't sustain it because it's not built to last forever. It's built to keep going until whatever we're exploiting is gone, and then we'll find the newest thing until eventually it is all gone. And while we're doing that, we're not redistributing the wealth that we're making from selling what is a natural resource to people. Mm-hmm. We are hoarding that wealth. Yeah. So this is how you end up in a world where there are billionaires and trillionaires and homeless people and food deserts and starvation. I mean, you can look at uh, you can go online right now and look at videos of what happened when um, the industrial farms uh, weren't outsourcing as much product because everything was shut down. Instead of needing you know, food for restaurants and every single home and dinner parties and office lunches and what we export overseas, all of that was stopped. And you have videos of us throwing away pounds, gallons of potatoes, just, just throwing it away, digging holes to throw away the potatoes because there was no place to put them because there was nothing open to buy them. Yeah. That tells me that we have too much. And it's like, but how do we have too much when we also have people who have too little? Right. That's a problem. That is a problem. So I just knew that we were entering the death of capitalism because more people were going to be forced to look at the way that they live and how little sense it makes. So, once I recognize that, and that is just me using like food as an example, you can you can do that same mode of thinking with healthcare. Which, my goodness! Oh, Um, I know. Yeah, and I can't even get into it because we can't even. Yeah, I know. I know. But you can you can do it with everything. So basically, I just felt like this time is 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 the time for radical change, and that is. I later discovered that that was a feeling that I was having that was heavily supported by astrology, mm-hmm. by many other uh, indigenous religions and in their yep. calendars. Like, yep. like this is a divine happening.
1: Yeah, this is a very prophesized time.
0: Yes. On
1: all fronts. There's, on all fronts. There's, um, you know, for years, there were all these moon messages calendar things or psychic books put out and there were entire chapters on just one month of 2020 oh like my literally entire chapters on the eclipses of 2020 that happened in June <laughs> 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 like at like every other moon had a sentence and there were entire chapters so this is I keep telling people and I said this during Veronese's episode is that we are living through unprecedented times. <laughs> every, everything is changing. This has been highly, highly prophesized in every religion, every indigenous culture, through both Vedic and Western astrology, through psychics, like literally through everyone.:
0: Yeah. So when uh, the protest on police brutality popped up, I was very much in it. As you know, yeah, very much like
1: and we did a great interview for those who missed it. It's still on my my instagram and and it's on my Facebook, but you'd have to really sw- scroll down, but Instagram <laughs> yeah. it's Instagram it's a little bit easier to find, and it's fabulous, truly lays out everything that went on in um l a at the time and all like the weird things that you saw, which did you ever get any clarification on what that all was
0: like the the cars and stuff? yeah. Like- yeah, it was it was all uh, LAPD lighting their own cars on fire. Okay. Yeah, and uh, CBS let them set up. So basically, the reason why things got so chaotic was because the night in the nighttime or the early morning, during a time where the city is asleep. This is a city that sleeps because our bars close at two a.m. <laughs> right. Uh, the CBS studio allowed the police department to, and keep in mind, this was the the first protest in L.A. Right. The night before or the early morning, CBS allowed LAPD to set up camp in their lives which if you've never been to Los Angeles or never been to CBS's lot, it's got, it's like fenced, it's industrial gated. Like it's not one of those things where you could like look over and see what's in the parking lot. That's not the case. You can't see anything. It's just two big old black gates. And they were there posted up me like 50 squad cars. That's just what I could see uh, when the gates had opened motorcycles, the paddy wagons, all their riot gear, like they were ready to, to, to crack skulls. They were ready to corral people. They were ready to interfere with the protests. And, you know, on the one hand, you could think, oh, well, preventative measure, measures. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that I like to hammer down for everyone. In the United States, it is not illegal to protest, period. Protesting is not a crime period are there crimes that can be committed during a protest absolutely there are crimes that could be crimes that could be committed during anything mm-hmm. at any moment on any given day any single person can commit a crime protests do not inherently equal crime like they're not inherently violent they're uh, they're not uh riot insiders protests don't start riots in order to have a riot there needs to be a uh a conflict conflict needs to happen there needs to be a a boundary a um oh the right word for it's on the tip of my tongue but like there needs to be tension tension causes a riot But if you have a group of people who all have the same end goal, then there is no tension. You have to then be addressed by a entity. That's goal is the opposite of what yours is. That creates tension. And tension will lead to a riot because I have been stopped. right? And now I am trying to go through you. And you are not allowing that passage. But I'm going to keep trying because I have a goal. So to circle it back around, the police were prepared to turn that protest into a show. Because if they were not there, all that would have happened was we would have walked just past Fairfax and Third, probably had a little prayer or some passing words, and then dispersed. Right. But instead, what happened is they stopped us on Fairfax and Third and then wouldn't let anyone leave, wouldn't let us pass, wouldn't let us go. and while the people on the front line were trying to talk to them, they were shooting rubber bullets and tear gas and various things into the crowd. So it was messy, and it was intentional. They intended for it to be a mess. They intended for it to get violent, and it did, and it was unfortunate. so yeah, that's what went down. My hypothesis was correct. Video footage is out, that it was all, you know, pre planned. They set their own cars on fire. They tagged their own vehicles. They, wow. you know, tempted and enticed people to to wreck them so that they could have permission to do what they do best, which is uh, incite chaos and assert power.
1: So horrible. And um, you, I remember you saying too that, um, That you saw, like, white people, like, throwing bricks or something, too?
0: Yeah. So, and this happened in in Minneapolis as well. Yeah,
1: a a few other cities that I know of, actually.
0: Were basically, and and it still happens. I've still been to a few protests, even though things have, quote-unquote, calmed down. They have calmed down, but protests are still happening every day. They're just Mm -hmm. getting less media attention. Right. So, basically, what will happen a lot is that you have, like, plants in the crowd whose job it is basically to incite uh, in in crowd chaos. So uh, there were people who came ready to not to protest. They, they're not carrying signs. They're not doing the chant. They're just with us. And then opportunists, there you go. And then mm-hmm. at the at, um, as the opportunity presents itself, they throw the brick. They break the window, they tag the mall, and then it incites other people who aren't who who are just out here to be out here to join in. And then that's what gets recorded and that's what comes the message. So yeah, there were people in Hi. the in the crowd who And do you think sole they... purposes were to do that?
1: Yeah, and I know there's like a lot of talk about it being organized too. Do you think it was that it's because it happened across every single city that i know of and weirdly verbatim like what they were saying to the protesters and what they were trying to get the protesters to do
0: yeah i i'll put it like this this is not the police's first rodeo right this is not america's first rodeo with civil rights and human rights we no matter how small the chapters are in our individual states history books we have some pages on it it has happened they know what to do to get the outcome that allows them to still behave the way that they are. And I'm not just referring to the police. It allows America to still behave the way that it does to its most vulnerable groups, mm-hmm. which are, you know, black and brown bodies and different variations of identity within those groups. Those are the most vulnerable. And if they didn't know how to do that, how to how to keep things the way that they are, how to make sure real liberation does not happen. We would not be having this conversation. Liberation would have happened 20 years ago. Yeah. Or 50 years ago. Or 85 years ago. But we seem to keep coming to the same point, which is our systems are racist.
1: Yeah. They were built racist.
0: They were built racist. And they've never stopped being racist. Right. And... If civil rights became a thing 40 years ago, we wouldn't be having this issue with police. But we do. And it's the same issue we had the whole time. So they absolutely know when these kinds of protests happen, these are the things you do to get them to go in a way where we can paint it as violent. Which... Mm -hmm. This is controversial, but I'm going to say it anyways because it's what I believe, and it's no, please my do. time on Catherine's podcast. Yeah, so
1: <laughs> this is your platform.
0: Um, there is nothing wrong with protests. Do not have to be peaceful. If they were peaceful, it wouldn't really be a protest. The whole idea of a protest is to disrupt people's comfort, to disrupt the flow of things. It's a disruption to force you. To hear us, to look at us, to recognize us, and make a change. So a a very good analogy that I like to use is my cat. Hmm. My cat likes her litter box a certain way. And when she's ready for me to clean her litter box, when she has had enough of what it looks like, she shits on the floor. Her shitting on the floor makes me clean her litter box and makes me go, oh, I need to start cleaning it sooner. Because if I don't, she's going to shit on the floor. Hmm. If all my cat did when she wanted me to clean her litter box was walk past me a few times, maybe meow outside of my door, I could just close my door and put my headphones on, maybe even scratch me a little bit. That's not disruptive to what I'm already doing with my time enough to make me go and do what she would like me to do for her well-being. I can ignore that. You can ignore peace. They do ignore peace. We are ignoring peace. Right. But that is, and it, but, but when you disrupt, when you disrupt the right person's way of life, when you start, and since we live in a capitalist country, when you start costing them money, Right. that's when change happens. And that's why in places where uh, the cop who murdered that man outside of a Wendy's for sleeping in his car, mm-hmm. the reason that cop got fired, the reason anything happened and happened so fast was because they lit that Wendy's on fire. No one was in it. I am not condoning person-to-person violence. It's a property. That costs money. And that made them go, oh, we gotta do something now. Cause this is just this, this is this could not continue. But you know what can continue? All of us just walking in the street with our signs yelling. That could continue for days.
1: Right.
0: And it does. There are so many pictures of people who are out having brunch on the patios of these restaurants while hordes of people are marching past them with signs. A protest is happening right next to you and you're sipping mimosas. So they show up and they incite this kind of chaos and then they make it violent so that the media has the, the footage and the opportunity to facilitate it and to showcase it as random violence. Don't align yourself with these people's views because this is how they behave. Right. This is not a good look.
1: Which again is racist
0: rhetoric. Racist rhetoric. And so what happened? Everyone was so afraid to be affiliated with with a non-peaceful protest that Twitter and Facebook is just like overrun. Everyone's like, The protest was peaceful, participated in a beautiful, peaceful protest. (laughs) And it's just like you're hammering the peaceful part more than you are the actual thing we're trying to accomplish. The protest part. And it's like making it peaceful is not what makes a protest successful. Change is what makes a protest successful. And change is not happening. But they've done such a good job at, at, at consistently making it that narrative. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the protest turning into a riot. I think when people get hurt, I think, that, I think that that's sad and I think that that's wrong. But change is going to come. And it's just a matter of how fast that happens. And this whole narrative of, like, the riots and the looting, how many times have people's football teams lost the Super Bowl and they've just destroyed their city? Yeah.
1: Yeah, are people being upset that they couldn't get a haircut?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or people being upset that they can't buy groceries at the grocery store without wearing a mask, so they destroy the grocery store, right? But no one's like arrest that person. No one's like don't associate yourself with anti-maskers because they're violent. Except, eh, so why can we make that you know disassociation there and not here? We all know why racism, but right. To answer your question, absolutely. It's premeditated and it's planned. I've been to so many protests where we have had to stop the proceedings to call out, you know, an undercover cop who's, who's wedged itself into this space.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening to that episode. Like I said in the intro, I'm sure you fell in love with Truly, just like I have and am. And uh, I cannot wait to give you part two coming up next. Um, we talked forever, so this had to be a two-parter And I am very excited to bring you that portion of our chat as well. And in the meantime, please follow Truly. Um, Like she said, if you're interested in an astrology reading with her, go ahead and reach out if that's something that feels good to you um, and feels good to her too, of course. Um, But she's just a really cool person to connect with. So I highly recommend it. Um, And we do have that video, if you go way down my Instagram, this was before reels were a thing. We did a live video together talking all about race relations and activism when it comes to Black Lives Matter. And she shared so much good information, especially uh, for white folks or for non-black people of color and what you can be doing to help moving forward. Um, So I highly, highly, highly recommend that. And we will see you next week with part two. If you want to follow Truly, everything will be in the show notes. And I cannot wait to share that with you. I love you all so much. And until we share part two, enjoy the rediscovery journey. Bye.